Blog Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Zone. My name is Christine Like. I am filling in for Phil Armstrong for the next 30 minutes, and I appreciate him for letting me do so. We are slowly progressing verse by verse through the book of Revelation, and we are up to right now Revelation chapter 11, and these are the two witnesses. Um, a lot of talk among prophecy teachers as to who these two witnesses could be. I do not believe that all the answers are revealed in the book of Revelation alone. In fact, uh, God doesn't uh, reveal at all who these two men are directly in Revelation, but instead he gives us clues throughout the Bible that if we gather up these clues, we could probably be 100% accurate as to exactly who these two reincarnated men are. And uh, I think these next 30 minutes we're going to take the time and find these clues throughout the Bible and find who these men and identify who they are. We start with Revelation 11 at verse 1. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the worshipers there. But exclude the outer court. Do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth. First of all, just go ahead and make sure you know that 42 months are also the 1260 days. So uh, that uh, coincides between the two there. Another thing to pick these uh, three verses apart here. First of all, the Apostle John is told to measure a temple, literally, measure it. Go and take a ruler and measure it. Find the dimensions of it. That, to me, is an indication that a third temple is actually built in the future here in this vision that John has in Revelation. 
if you do not think that a third temple will be rebuilt, I need you to go to templeinstitute.com and you will find a Jewish site there where they have everything ready to go. They are just waiting for the location to clear. They have the robes. They have the uh, exact replicas of the original bowls, the trumpets. Um, They even have the priests already named come directly from the tribe of Levi. Uh, Everything is set. Everything is ready to go. It's just waiting for the right time to start the rebuilding of the temple. Now, this tells me also that there's an altar present So you can understand here that the Jewish customs and the sacrifices are also reinstated. And this, of course, coincides with the fact that the Antichrist, when he comes on the scene at the three-and-a-half-year point, he sets himself in this temple. So it is going to be a literal building. This is not something spiritual or something that is of a spirit nature. It is a physical building. Uh, How much more clear can this be? However... Some of the area of the temple is being used by the Gentiles or non-Jews. Now, this can go into a political issue here because I believe that it means that the Muslims will have a portion of it with the Dome of the Rock. Um, That is possible. Um, There's always been a conflict over the Temple Mount, and about once a month we see it come up into the news. And it's going to be no different when the Palestinians start their pull on achieving Uh, East Jerusalem, that they may still want a part of this Temple Mount as well. It is the uh, Dome of the Rock, of course, is one of the most sacred sites for the Muslim religion. It is possible that the main area, the inner court, or the Holies of Holies, um, Holy of Holies, are rebuilt on its original site. Now, this would leave the outer court for the non-Jewish worship. Notice there was a court back in the original layout of the temple for the court of the Gentiles. So it's possible here that due some political maneuvering, the two are split and they're allowed to still worship on the Temple Mount. There must be some sort of an agreement here or a compromise on this location. That's something to look forward to as we... uh, develop things in the Middle East, especially in the area of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Now, it says that the Gentiles will trample around Jerusalem, and I feel it kind of was meant by the word trample there, like a bunch of teenagers. Now, this will happen for 42 months or the 1260 days. Remember, the Jewish calendar month is equal to 30 days. So, the 42 months is also the same length of time that the Antichrist as in the temple, and it's also the duration of the two witnesses. I do believe that the witnesses come about at some point in the tribulation period when the Antichrist is set in the temple. So at some point during the two witnesses' um, ministry here on earth, it will be at that three-and-a-half-year point. When the two witnesses, however... Uh, when they appear, that is not answered. I do believe, however, that these two men are going to be unique enough that when they arrive, you will not mistake them for anyone else. The clothing that they wear will be a giveaway. 
sackcloth is like a hair shirt. I don't know how else to describe it. It is made from a coarse animal skin or an animal hair, like a goat skin. If you ever touch the goat's uh, skin or the fur, it's very coarse, very uncomfortable. And that's kind of the idea here, too. The person who's wearing this is in an uncomfortable state of, of clothing. It is also the type of clothing that is worn to show repentance for doing something wrong or in the morning of a loss of some kind. Now, the two witnesses are wearing this type of clothing to make a statement where repentance is required by those who are living at this time. And God says they will prophesy. Wearing this clothing is just pushing this point further. Prophesying against probably the Antichrist that set himself up in the temple and also for the doom that is coming for those who are going to get the mark, who have the mark, and the doom that is coming for the unbelievers if they do not, um, and possibly at this point the mark is just starting to come about, and it's a warning sign that if you take it, you're going to get the wrath of God later. So this all ties in right around this three-and-a-half-year point. Now, the next part of Revelation in verse 4 here, chapter 11, kind of describes what they are. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. These men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. They have the power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as as they want. This right here gives us the first clue as to who are these two men. Now, this mentioning of two olive trees are also mentioned in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. I'm going to go ahead and read here Zechariah 4, starting at verse 3. Here's the quote from Zechariah. I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. This right here is describing the menorah. Now, the menorah is the one item used in Judaism to describe the Jewish faith. It is a symbol of the Jewish faith. Continuing on. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the left and one on the right of the bowl. Continuing on to verse number 12, again I asked him, what are these two olive branches besides the two gold pipes that pour out the golden oil? He replied, now this is the angel speaking, so the angel replies, do you not know what they are? No, my lord, I asked. So the angel answers, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. Okay, here we have two, and we also have the olive trees mentioned. Now, like I said, the olive trees are engraved upon the lampstands as symbols for the servants of God. One is carved or engraved on the right, and the other is on the left. If the menorah is a ceremonial candle holder and is the emblem of the state of Israel and Judaism, 
I believe these two witnesses being referred to on the markings of the menorah would have to be Jews, and Jews only. This would eliminate Enoch. Many Bible scholars feel that the two witnesses will be Elijah and Enoch because both of them are the only two people on the face of the earth, as recorded in the Bible, that had never seen death. Enoch, although he never saw death, he was a Gentile. So I believe that eliminates Enoch from being one of the two witnesses. I think the best clue is given in Matthew 17, 1 through 5. Now, if you're not familiar with this, it is the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. And this is where Jesus takes three of his disciples. Notice which three they are. One of them is the Apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation. And uh, the other one is is Peter, and I believe James, who was the brother of John. So it's interesting that John gets taken. Not all twelve, just the three. And one of the three is John. Jesus takes these three disciples to a high place where he is changed into the appearance like that of the sun. Another clue here that it has a relation here to the two witnesses is because the way that Jesus is described in Matthew 17 is also the way John describes seeing him when he first recognizes Jesus at the beginning of Revelation, introducing those church's letters. You can imagine here that this is two of the same. Recording now further in Matthew 17, as the disciples look on, Jesus meets two other men from heaven and talks with them. We are told that they are Moses and Elijah. Now, I believe this story was put in an account for us to identify that these two men in Revelation are also the two men seen on the Mount of Transfiguration. What was interesting is that Jesus tells the disciples as they're coming back down from the mountain to not talk about what they had just seen. It was like, you know, just keep this quiet. So why was it revealed to us in Matthew 17? I think it is for the purpose of identifying who these two witnesses are in Revelation. Well, let's take this apart of even further. If the two witnesses are Moses and Elijah, are there other verses throughout the Bible that could point this way? We'll start first with Moses. In Deuteronomy 34, verses 5 through 6, it gives the account of Moses' death. Now, God himself buries Moses in the land of Moab, and no one finds the grave. He is the only human that God has dealt with that actually took the body of a human and buried it himself. But it's in a place that nobody knows but God. Why would that be? Uh, We have that answer for us in Jude 1, verse 9. Now, Jude is uh, a New Testament book. It's right before the book of Revelation, and it's a one-chapter book, one of the smallest books of the Bible. I believe it's uh, got a clue here that holds very true as to why the body of Moses is kept hidden from everybody, including the devil. In Jude, Jude 1, verse 9, 
the Archangel Michael is arguing with Satan about where the body of Moses is buried. Now, the Archangel Michael is actually the protector of Israel. Notice the tie-in here. We are now talking about Jerusalem, the place where these two witnesses will be staying, and Michael, the archangel or the protector of Israel, is having an argument with Satan. Satan wants to know where the body of Moses is buried. Now, why in the world would Satan want or even inquire as to where the body of a dead man is? There's nothing that Satan needs to have with the body of Moses, but I believe God hid it for a reason. I believe it has something to do with the fact that God will resurrect Moses for this job here as one of the witnesses in the future. You can go ahead and add to this. Go back to the story of the Israelites in Egypt. Moses was the one who controlled the plagues and commanded the water of the Nile to be turned to blood. That's found in Exodus 7. Many of the plagues that are mentioned throughout the book of Revelation, and there are many that we probably don't even know of and that are written there, uh, that are not written there, that will occur, will probably be very similar to the plagues that occurred upon Egypt at the time the Israelites had left Egypt. So I believe Moses would be characteristic, being that he was able to produce these plagues and control the plagues, of course, through God, but it just gives a hint that he is able to do it again. Now the argument has been given to me before. Moses was cursed by God because of an attitude that he had when striking a stone for water. God became a little angry with Moses and said that he was not able to set eyes upon the Holy Land or to set eyes upon the Promised Land. He was not able to enter it. God said he would refuse him entrance, and Joshua would instead go in. Um, I believe Aaron does also. But for that argument, you could say, well, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses was there, and that was in the land of Israel. So I believe that now would say that God had forgiven Moses and will allow him into the promised land via a witness. And I think that's kind of neat for Moses' sake. Next one is Elijah. He was the other person on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now in Malachi 4, verse 5, a promise is made to send Elijah before the dreadful day of the Lord. Yeah, the dreadful day of the Lord is what Revelation is about. And if he is a promise here, right there, that Elijah is the one sent. But again, in Matthew 17, verse 10, Jesus explains to his disciples that John the Baptist was really Elijah reincarnated. So, if John the Baptist was really Elijah, could this reincarnation of a man happen again in the book of Revelation in the future? Notice also that John the Baptist, a.k.a. known as Elijah, wore sackcloth made from camel hair and told people to repent. That was his job before the coming of the Messiah. 
In James 5, verse 17, Elijah is described as a man of faith and prayer. And when he prayed, it did not rain on earth for how long? 42 months. The exact length of time that it does not rain during this entire time that the two witnesses are on earth during the tribulation. I think this is a direct connection. If Elijah did not make it rain for three and a half years in the book of, uh, in the Old Testament, we will know that it occurs again also in the New Testament with the book of Revelation. In 2 Kings 2 verse 11, it records that Elijah never sees death. He is taken by God with the chariots of fire. And we all know that story with the walking on the road between Elisha and Elijah. God separates the two and takes Elijah away. These, I think, are not just coincidence. I believe that these are strong clues. What I do find amazing is that possibly in my lifetime I will see these two men, maybe not with my own eyes unless I happen to be in Israel, but I will see them on my computer. I'll see them on the news. I'll see them on, on um, maybe a by then a, a television screen based right into your phone. Um, this is something technology will give to us, and the whole world will be able to view them. Now notice what comes out of their mouths. It says fire comes out of their mouths, and it could be literal. God can do anything, and if it's literal fire, then so be it. But I think it's a metaphor to describe what their speech is like. Remember in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is described by having eyes that blaze like fire. Fire comes out of the eyes of Jesus. Um, I believe that that meant a look. This is a look that Jesus gives, something that Jesus is angry about, and it's a look that could kill. And if you study the letter to the churches, there's many times where he condemns the church for certain acts. Look at the church of Laodicea. I would say here it's a similar meaning. Fire will not actually come from their mouth. could, but I don't think it does. But I think it is words that devour their enemies. This is a hate speech in such a way that if the two witnesses call for the death of someone, it happens on the spot. Now you could see the fear of these two men and why the world would want to get rid of them. If somebody would come at them to harm them, this is how Revelation explains it, fire comes out of their mouth and devours them. Is it possible that as somebody comes towards them to harm them, or even from a distance, from a sniper rifle, the witnesses have the insight to see this, and they demand the death on the spot? Um, Yeah, that would be pretty awesome, especially for those who would wish to harm them. And the frustration starts to appear upon the earth and see what happens next. Verse 7, now when they had finished their testimony, the beast that comes out of the abyss will attack them and overpower them and kill them. The beast that comes out of the abyss is the Antichrist. It is at, and it is the Antichrist at the three-and-a-half-year level. We go back or go ahead. This is where Revelation jumps around. 
we go ahead to Revelation 17, verse 8, and it says, The beast which you saw, which once was, now is not, and will come out of the abyss. That is the Antichrist. Actually, probably within two to three weeks from now, we're going to determine who that could be. That will be an interesting 30 minutes. So we know that the Antichrist overpowers them and kills them. Continuing on, their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, men from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other's gifts because the two prophets who had tormented them who lived on the earth. For 40, after these 42 months, we'll see now that the Antichrist comes and kills them. He is the only one who seems to be able to. If the fire comes out of their mouth and harms anybody else, oh, what a hero the Antichrist will be. This may be the time that he also sets himself in the temple to be worshipped. That is possible, too. Or it is also the time where he has been in the temple and it's the two witnesses that proclaim the abomination once the two witnesses are killed nobody bothers to bury the bodies i think at this point there may be a fear in touching the body just because of what they have been able to do so they are left to lie in the street now jerusalem here is referred to as sodom which is a city that is extremely sinful and Egypt because of the bondage to sin. But it also refers to the salvation and the escape from the consequences of sin through Christ's death on the cross. Notice that it's where the Lord was crucified. So we now know for a fact that this is the area of Israel and Jerusalem. Regardless of how the bodies are killed or regardless of the fact they're lying in the street, The world throws a party. Gifts are exchanged like it's Christmas. Now, I say like it's Christmas because I do think at this point the whole holiday of Christmas has been totally abolished. Everyone will see for himself that the tormentors are dead. Now, this will be accomplished through today's technology of video. Um, The media will definitely cover this. And I think what amazes everybody is that the bodies lie in the street for three days and they do not decompose. I believe that they maintain their perfect shape. That in itself will be extremely interesting. But what happens? Verse 11. But after the three and a half days, a breath from life, a breath of life from God enters them and they stand on their feet. Terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. Oh, an amazing miracle here. It is a resurrection of the two witnesses, and God takes them out. You can now understand the fear of the people. I don't know if they will hear the voice from heaven or just the two witnesses do. That is not made clear. But will they witness? But what they will witness are the two bodies going up into heaven uh, that would be a definite interesting media coverage would you not say and being that the media is definitely there photographing the bodies they're going to see this happen as well 
Revelation verse 13. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake, and the tent of the city collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake. The survivors were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. What a fitting end, and with a punishing blow. The death toll, will the death toll be exactly as the Bible predicts? I think so. It's a literal number. I think it should be memorized now before a Bible will not be no longer found. However, what I find interesting is that there are some who are that there are some still saved through this ordeal, as they are seen worshiping God. We got to understand too how God's grace has been through all of this. How He does extend this to even those who are looking to celebrate the death of his two servants. They do extend glory to God, and that's got to infuriate the Antichrist. My name is Christine Wyke. I am the author of the book Explain This. It is a verse-by-verse explanation of the book of Revelation. You can catch some of my chapters. They're for free at my website at www.explainthis.us. My email is uh, explainthis at att.net. And my phone number, 888-653-9752. I would love to hear what you think. Um, I appreciate all comments as well as questions. And if you disagree, that's all right. That's how we learn as believers. And I hope to hear from you soon. Again, I thank Phil for, for having me on today. And next week, we look to get into the next section of Revelation. I believe we start at Chapter 12.